You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to reflect on how summer went for us. But first, let's catch up on life lately. Sarah, what's new with you? I am happy to report that we have new lunchboxes for the new school year. Yay! And by lunchboxes, I mean the actual container that holds the food, not the carrying vessel. (laughs) Although we also found those secondhand for a quarter at garage sales this summer. Fantastic. So you and I had many conversations about this as I was trying to determine the perfect situation. (laughs) So I knew I wanted to do something different this school year because last year we had many small metal containers with lids, Mm -hmm. which was always a challenge to find the right lid. I think it was harder for the kids to keep track of all those pieces and just felt like a scramble every morning to find the right size container with the right lid to go in the lunch. So I was debating between two different ones, the Lunchbots and the Planet Box. You have the Planet Box Mm -hmm. and were sharing info with me about that. But we ended up getting the Lunchbots one because they were a little bit cheaper. And I really liked that the lid came all the way off because it takes up less space at the lunch table for them, Mm. where the Planet Box looks like it takes up a lot of space. Yes, it opens up like a clamshell. And it wouldn't have fit in our secondhand lunch boxes. So that was also another conundrum. But we are now a week into school and I have just loved it. It is so much easier for me to pack the lunch. And I also think that HP is eating more because you just open the lid and you see everything all at once Mm, versus having to pull multiple things out and open it and see what's what. And I think there were times where he just didn't open some containers that I packed last year where that does not happen anymore. Yeah, that's a really good point about the I guess, bento box style lunchbox, which both of these are, Mm -hmm. they have it as though it's on a plate in front of them rather than parceled out. Exactly. Hmm. So if anybody is looking for a new lunch container, I highly recommend these. They've been working for us and I'm hoping that they last for a long time to come. Nice. What's new with you? I have a fun toddler activity to share, Mm -hmm. which is something we learned about from Plum Summer Camp this summer. It's water beads. Have you seen these? I have. The kids have used them before in preschool. So I guess it's probably a common preschool thing. But what I didn't realize is that they're really easy to get. So we just got some from Amazon, like a huge packet of them for like $6. And what they are is little, I guess they're some kind of plastic or polymer or something. Mm -hmm. But they're little and tiny. And so you scoop out just a teaspoon or two at a time and then add a lot of water and then they swell up. And they look like clear marbles, basically, but they feel like back in the day in haunted houses when you would stick your hands in weird things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the weird things were peeled grapes to feel like eyeballs. That's what they feel like. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They remind me of those tapioca balls that come in the bubble tea. That's exactly what they're like. We just put them in a big Tupperware and have been keeping them. Every day, she says, can I do water beads? And I say, of course you can. And then she's happily entertained for multiple minutes at a time, (laughs) which is great. So we have never actually had them in our house, partly because I fear water beads spreading throughout my house into various locations. Mm -hmm. How is it with keeping said water beads in the container? Right now, she's just scooping them back and forth from two containers, and she stands at her stool at the kitchen counter and does it. So there have been a few on the floor of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other day when she started putting them everywhere, I said, okay, water beads are done. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, I mean, that's definitely a possibility, but for the most part, it's been good. That's good to hear. 
Now let's talk about what we've been reading. What's your latest read, Sarah? I just finished The Female Persuasion by Meg Wallitzer, and it follows Greer Kadetsky through her late teens and early 20s. It's mostly centered on her relationship with an older feminist thinker named Faith Frank. I really loved how much I could relate to Greer and see myself in her choices and the moral quandary she faced. It gave me a chance to reflect back on my own experience with both fondness and humility (laughs) throughout my 20s, because what felt so profound to me was really quite typical of what every other white female 20-something going to a liberal arts college was experiencing. Right. I think I felt that especially with the earnestness and this yearning for meaning. I don't think that's bad, but I do think it is accurate. (laughs) So personally, I enjoyed that part of it. But the novel really took on a broad set of questions and critiques of society about what does it mean to be female and what place do different types of feminism have in the conversation today? And where is that balance between the good you can do with corporate money versus the moral problems that creates when you take said money? Even specific things like what does it mean for Teach for America to send white people without an education background into communities of color to be there for two years and leave. Mm -hmm. It didn't go particularly deep on any one of those questions, but I liked how many things it touched on as you moved through. Mm -hmm. I found it to be incredibly compelling and a fast read. I actually had been avoiding picking it up because I thought that this book would be too literary and depressing (laughs) and slow to read, and I Uh just hadn't been in the mood for that. And it really was easy to read. In terms of recommendations, I do recommend it, but that comes with some qualifications. I'm not sure I would have enjoyed it as much if I hadn't had a similar background and experiences to Greer. Right. And for me, part of the beauty was seeing myself and society more clearly with the benefit of some distance. And I worry it would feel self-indulgent for somebody of a different background. Mm -hmm. What have you been reading lately? I recently finished Just the Funny Parts by Nell Scavell, and I had no idea who Nell Scavell was when I picked up this book. This was a book club choice of ours, but she is a TV writer, and she's been a TV writer for a long time. It's her memoir, basically. So it's another celebrity memoir, but it's a little bit different in that she's not necessarily as in the public eye, though she touches all those spaces with her work. So that was something that was actually a little fresh about it. Great stories and jokes in there. Fun to hear about famous people. Sometimes shocking. Sometimes a little frustrating because a lot of what she talks about is the sexism that she's experienced as a TV writer and wanting to create shows. But the way that women are perceived is either as aggressive or not capable of leadership, that there's no in between. Mm. And so she's the one who created Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which I had no idea and is one of my favorite TGIF shows from growing up. (laughs) But she really hasn't had an opportunity like that since then. If she had been a man working into her 50s, she likely would have just gone up and up from there. Right. But that wasn't her experience. And so in some ways that was frustrating to hear about. But I also think that it was a really important story that I'm glad that I heard. Is this one that you listen to? And if so, is it read by the author? 
I got the audiobook because I thought it would be read by her, but it's not. Okay. It's a fine audiobook, but it doesn't have quite the same autobiographical feeling as if she had been the one reading it. So I would recommend it. It's solid. It's a quick read. It's not my favorite, but I'm glad that I read it. And especially if you're somebody who is at least a little bit interested in not just the celebrity side of Hollywood, but sort of the underneath parts, there was some pretty interesting insight into that. So today we're going to look back at this past summer, the good, the bad, and the never going to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with a quick rundown of how the summer looked for each of us. So for us, it was really the summer of swim lessons. I decided this was the summer that I really wanted HP to become water safe. And here the swim lessons are in two-week sessions. Mm -hmm. And so this summer we opted out of camp so we could really focus on making that work and fit in for multiple sessions. Nice. I planned to have Plum in camp as though she was still in preschool. So as I mentioned on the pod before, I found a quote-unquote camp. That is a preschool that offers summer sessions where you can sign up week by week. And I signed her up for Tuesday and Thursday mornings all summer for the time that we weren't traveling. So you had very little childcare compared to how the school year was for you. Mm -hmm. Were you happy with how things went there? I really was. I went into the summer knowing we were doing that and it was a very intentional choice which I think made it easier because I was mentally prepared for what that would mean. Right. I also decided not to produce the Family Petals podcast over the summer and this fall. So I didn't have a lot of work that I was trying to get done without childcare, mm-hmm. which I think is what made last summer so frustrating is that I was getting ready to launch the podcast, had almost no childcare, and felt like I was constantly trying to squeeze things in, which made both me frustrated and my kids frustrated. Yeah. It's been great having my in-laws in town. They watch the kids most Thursdays when we were here this summer. And that helped us be able to record the podcast. And Mm -hmm. then the weeks where we weren't, I was able to get a small break to do things child-free. I also think that after experiencing the intensity of kindergarten and going full day, Mm -hmm. that I was looking forward to both having and providing for the kids a really open summer with a lot of unstructured time to really contrast with the school year. Something I really liked growing up was having that break between the two. Mm -hmm. I think I looked forward to summer, but then was also excited to go back to school. And that really is what happened for us, that after our second vacation, we had a week and a half left. And I think the kids were ready and I was very ready for them to be starting school again. And that felt good that most of the summer was great. And then at the end, we were all ready to start again. And as of yesterday, both kids are now back in their classes. That's nice. I really like sort of being able to appreciate the contrast. Mm-hmm. That's not something that's true for us at all. Our summer was essentially like the rest of the year because I planned it that way. I needed to keep working. Right. And so I needed to have that time for childcare. But I liked the consistency. I ended up loving the camp that we chose for Plum. She loved it too. And I was still able to get my stuff done. We did supplement childcare some with babysitters. We have a couple really great ones that go away to school. Mm. And so it was nice to have them back. And 
it's just really sweet to have Plum have relationships with them and see them doing really fun things with her, Mm -hmm. you know, that I wouldn't necessarily do because I'm cooking or folding laundry or just doing things that need to be done around the house. But we had a sitter who, for instance, brought a jewelry making kit so that she could string Mm -hmm. beads on a string. And, you know, that's not something that we've tried, but she freaking loved it. (laughs) So that was just a really special kind of bonus that I did not anticipate about our childcare this summer. And it seems nice that that is what you used to do in the summers in college, too. So I'm sure also just feeling a fondness for when you used to be in the other position. Yes, exactly. And I remember how fun that was for me and how much I really enjoyed the kids. So Mm -hmm. it's so nice to have Plum experiencing some of that, too. Currently, childcare-wise, I am staring down the longest time without childcare that I've had really since January when Plum started preschool. Mm. So I'm hoping the water beads will help me get through. (laughs) But wish me luck, everybody. Solidarity. (laughs) Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about summer travel. How did you feel about the trips that you took with your family this summer? I felt pretty good about them. We had two trips, and I feel like they were very well spaced, that we took a nuclear family trip to Colorado about four weeks after school got out, and then four weeks later, the kids and I went to Michigan with my mom. Nice. So that felt like nice spacing, that we were able to enjoy the time at home, but then also get out of town for a little bit. And I also liked having a family vacation, which is something we haven't done a lot of before, Mm. that most of our travels since having kids have been to visit family Mm. since we haven't lived near family most of the time. So this trip felt more like a family vacation, although we were staying with my sister and visiting (laughs) her. So it was also a visiting family trip. A lot of it has just felt so different from past years in a good way of not traveling with diapers (laughs) and not dealing with naps. It just feels so much easier. I don't want to say that it's easy, but in comparison, I would just think throughout the week, this is so much better. (laughs) I feel like they're at an age where they can both roll with the punches a little bit more if they need to stay up later one night or... We got in really late the first night, or if plans change, I just feel like everyone is able to be flexible in a way that before I felt really beholden to the schedule, not just out of principle, but because that was what kept everyone sane. (laughs) Yeah, it was really going to go off the rails without the schedule. Yes. But it really limited what and how much you can do when you're traveling. And I know other families have really different approaches, but that's what worked for us. And I feel like we're finally moving into a time where travel is more fun and less work. That sounds truly amazing. (laughs) (laughs) How has vacationing been for your family at a different stage of life? Definitely different than that. (laughs) For our big trip this summer, we really did a lot. We went to Denver for a wedding then Portland to see my sister-in-law and her family, and then San Diego to see my sister, her partner, and a cousin of ours who planned to be out there at the same time as us. And in the planning of it, that seemed like a good idea because it's so hard to justify not seeing all those people who you rarely see because they live on the opposite coast Mm -hmm. when you're already part of the way there, when you've already taken time off work, you know, you've already upset your toddler's schedule, basically. But that was really not a good choice on my part. It was really just too much to do. Mm -hmm. And we have a very easy kid 
Plum rolls with things. Bedtime, not a huge deal. I mean, we mostly stick to it, but she's so motivated by human contact that she can really go pretty far past her bedtime before she loses her mind. Mm. And, you know, past nap time or if nap is slightly different, she's also good at falling asleep different places and sleeps in her travel crib all the time. So there were a lot of things that could have been harder, but it was still so hard and so exhausting and really felt like nowhere close to a vacation. (laughs) It was so wonderful to see all the people that we saw, to see friends in Denver and then to see our family in the other places. And I really wish that I had had more brain space to enjoy that more. But the stress of how I structured the trip made it so that it was just really hard. Mm -hmm. One example of something I will never do again is take a split red eye. I can't believe you did that. (laughs) I know. But when you're looking at the pricing, you say, of course, we want to save $400. Right. Right. I can do anything for 12 hours or whatever. I mean, I tell myself that all the time with early flights. It is worth it when you think about the money you're saving, but sometimes it's not. Yeah. So this one was leave San Diego at 7.30 p.m. or something, which is Plum's normal bedtime. Mm -hmm. Have her not sleep at all on the flight to Denver. Have something like a four-hour layover in Denver Mm. and leave Denver at 1.30 in the morning to fly to Raleigh, which at that point, that flight is only three and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So luckily, Plum fell asleep just about the minute we got on the plane because she sits in her car seat on planes. And so she was just sleeping, which was good. But did she not fall asleep in the Denver airport at all? No. She Mm. just rode the moving sidewalk. Oh, yeah. The whole time. That's great entertainment. My kids also love that. (laughs) So, you know, she wasn't freaking out. She wasn't throwing fits. She was in mostly good spirits. But Andrew and I were just wiped out. Yes. And trying to keep our toddler alive until we could get her home (laughs) and put her in her bed. So she fell asleep right away. And he is pretty good at sleeping on planes, too. But I was sitting in between them, just (laughs) feeling sick to my stomach, like nauseated from being so tired and can't get comfortable. So it was truly terrible. So we got home 4th of July morning and I had a migraine and then I threw up and then I just slept all day. So Andrew had to parent plum tired and she actually did fairly well considering she only slept like four hours the night before. (laughs) So I'll never do that again. Our second trip was in sharp, sharp contrast. It was a road trip to one of our favorite beaches in Florida. We were invited to go with family friends whom we love, and that vacation was perfect. Easy made me feel like I might have enjoyed our earlier trip had I planned it differently, Mm. and not just that I hate trips, which is really what I thought after coming back in July. Yeah, I'm glad you had that other experience then. Me too. I'm really thankful to not leave the summer with a sour taste in your mouth. Totally. Sarah, did you say anything about what you would do differently on your trips? We've just heard all about mine. (laughs) There's not a whole lot I would do differently. I felt like things went relatively well, but it has made me adjust some expectations for next summer that I had been thinking, inspired by Gamache, that we should take a road trip to Quebec. It's not that far, but it is much farther. And after going to Michigan with my mom, that trip felt like just the right trip for the ages that our kids are, Mm. where we were doing something different every day, but it was just the right pace, just going to beaches, playing in the sand, 
We went tubing one day. Nice. Going to parks in different places and that they were just very happy with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that they would appreciate any more going someplace farther or that I consider to be a better destination. Mm-hmm. So it made me want to do something more like finding a state park in Kentucky to go to for five days and exploring that with them rather than planning a more elaborate, expensive vacation that would require a lot more travel time, which is still the hardest part of travel. What you're saying makes me think that there is something really nice about establishing routine even within the context of a vacation. Mm. So Mm -hmm. even if you're doing something a little different every morning, you still come home and eat the sandwich or you come home and have rest time at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that was really hard about our first trip that was fixed in our second trip was that we did have a routine. It was just really nice and predictable and comforting and restful. And that you're in the same place the whole time, that that makes a really big difference too. And that's one thing I liked about the Michigan trip, that we rented an Airbnb and could really set up house there, Mm -hmm. which the summer before, my mom and I took the road trip out to Oregon. And every night or two, we were in a new place and just all of the packing and unpacking. And in hotels too. Yes. And getting resettled. My kids are not great about falling asleep in new places. So (laughs) that was a challenge. So it made me appreciate the beauty of the consistency and the simplicity of just having one spot and going out from there rather than doing a much longer multiple stop situation that I feel like that might be better three years from now. Yeah. Or even never. Yeah, maybe never. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say one of the nicest things to come out of the vacation was that HP said to my mom one morning, this is so cool. We just wake up and do something different every day. Vacation is so fun. And it's a lot of work as an adult to choreograph vacations and doing all that, especially not having my co-parent there with me. By the end of the trip, I was just out. We got home that day and I just walked in the door and went in my room and shut the door. And then I came out to brush my teeth and went back in. I was done. And it wasn't a bad trip, but it was intense. So it was nice to get that feedback from HP that he was really enjoying it because it was exhausting. For sure. Okay, so zooming out a bit, when you think about summer and how you want summer to feel, did you achieve that? I was looking to have a relaxed, less structured summer, and I think that that was achieved. It was perfect having swim lessons in the morning because we all got up, got out, stayed on our regular morning routine, and then could head to a park after or do something fun and then come home for rest time. The days that were the absolute worst were the ones where we didn't have swim lessons and didn't get out of the house, Mm. and then everything just devolved. So I liked not necessarily shuttling them back and forth to camps at different times all summer and that Mm -hmm. things were more streamlined in that way, but still having something that required us to not stay in. Yes. And I think what really helped me achieve that was scaling back my responsibilities, which Mm. I don't know if I'll be able to do that every summer and have that much control over it. But Mm -hmm. being able to do it this summer, I think, made my expectations and what happened be much more in alignment than they were last year. Nice. What about for you? So as I've already said, summer for us at this point does not have a different feeling from the rest of the year. 
which I think is just fine for this stage of our lives. I think it's really interesting to have something that feels so similar to the rest of the year because I know that that will change as Mm -hmm. she's in different school and as things change with my work. So it was nice to kind of keep the status quo. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that looks in our lives in the future. Right. I mean, adults don't get a summer break. (laughs) Right. So speaking of changes... Are there things that you will do differently next summer or things you want to maintain? At this point, I feel pretty open to a lot of different possibilities. I liked the way this summer went, but I think that camps might be a good fit again next summer. E will be able to do more of the full day camps that she'll be old enough. And one of the reasons we didn't do camps this summer is that lots of the ones that are close by for her age group are only half day. Mm. So then I'd be dropping them both off, coming back, picking her up, coming back. And then going to get HP, coming back, which does not seem helpful in my life and adds more stress. No, it just makes you chauffeur instead of at-home parent. Right. But because she'll be old enough next summer that that's a really different calculation of just having to do one drop-off and pick Mm -hmm. up. And that I think as they get older, they're more excited about those opportunities too and really craving that social interaction with their friends. Mm -hmm. One thing I definitely will do is more swim lessons. We loved the place we went. HP made so much progress. It was really fun to see him do that. I have fond memories of swim lessons and swim team and being in the water. It was a relief to me as a parent to feel that he is now water safe. Mm -hmm. It also meant that he just had more fun swimming and being at the pool because he was able to do it. Right. So that is also just enjoyable to watch him enjoying the water. And hopefully... Either next summer or the summer after, you will also make similar progress and be in that place. Nice. I didn't mention, but we did six weeks of swim lessons with Plum this summer. At this stage, they're still parent-child lessons. Mm -hmm. And she is pretty cautious in Mm -hmm. new situations and was very cautious in the water. But by the end of summer, she had also made good progress. That's awesome. E also did some swim lessons this summer. We've never done the parent-child classes. I wanted to wait until... I did not have to be in the water with them. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I would say E didn't necessarily make a ton of progress, but she had so much fun, which I consider a huge win for her age, that she thinks fondly of swim lessons and is looking forward to going back next summer. Right. What are you thinking for the next summer and what you want to keep the same or do differently? I think one trip is probably enough. And I think if we do... More than one, they would both have to be on the scale of our beach trip. Also, we talked after we got back from our big trip this summer about a staycation. Mm. And so that's something that we really might build in next summer or maybe even before that, to be honest. I love the idea of doing a staycation. I think the danger for our family is that we'd end up doing a lot of house projects during that time Mm, as opposed to truly relaxing. (laughs) But one thing I hope to do more of next year is short nearby trips to state parks or camping or just biking to the nearby lake and going canoeing. Mm. Those aren't hard to plan and they're not expensive. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to make that more of a priority in the future. That sounds really nice. And in terms of childcare. I'm not sure what my work life will look like, but I think it's likely to look similar. Mm -hmm. And I would love for Plum to be able to go back to the camp she went to this summer. I mean, she's looking forward to getting back to preschool, but it's nice to see her be part of both of those communities and kind of get different things from each. I think it's really great that you 
have a camp offering that is similar time frame to preschool. Yes. Because so many camps are by the week, full day, or at least all morning for a week. Right. Which was one thing we struggled with last summer was childcare all week and then weeks, weeks, weeks without. Mm. It would have been nicer to have it spread out the way that you do with Plum, where it's a couple mornings a week and really balanced throughout as opposed to all or nothing. Yes, totally. So those are our summers. We'd love to hear from you listeners how your summers went, things you would change, things you loved, things you'll never do again. (laughs) Cautionary tales are some of our favorite things to hear. But let's wrap up by talking about what we've been eating. I've been eating baked potatoes with broccoli and cheese sauce. I finally got around to cooking baked potatoes in my Instant Pot. Mm. I had the same issue you did where the middles did not get cooked. Yes. I pulled them out, cut them open, and then put them back in for five more minutes, Mm. which worked fine. Okay. They were still a little less cooked in the middle than I might have liked, but I may just cut them in half to start with next time. I was going to ask, would it work better just to do it at the beginning? Yes. I think that's my plan on the next round, but super easy. In theory, it should only take 12 minutes or something in the Instant Pot. Clearly, it took longer because they weren't done. (laughs) But basically, I just cooked the broccoli and made the cheese sauce while the baked potatoes were in there. So it was very little hands-on time. Vegetables with cheese sauce are always a hit around here. So, How do you make your cheese sauce? I used a recipe from Catherine Newman, whom I've talked about on the pod before. She has a nacho cheese sauce that is shredded cheese, cornstarch, and evaporated milk. Okay. And then just a lot of stirring on the stovetop. And I actually think I stopped it a little early because it was still a little grainy. I think if I'd kept going, it would have gotten even creamier, but still delicious. Still sharp cheddar flavor. Can't really go wrong with cheese. (laughs) Sure can't. (laughs) What have you been eating, friend? I made sushi bowls last week. Ooh, fancy. This was born out of a sadness. (laughs) Oh, no. Which is, I did a huge grocery trip. I even met Neil nearby the grocery store. He took the kids so I could just go by myself because we had come back from vacation and just the way that it was all happening, a major grocery trip never happened after that. Yeah. And so we were just feeling sad a lot of days without as many options as one would hope. So I was determined. We are doing a massive grocery trip. We are not going to be hungry for weeks. So (laughs) I went, filled up the cart. And that night, I had been planning. I'd already cooked the rice in the Instant Pot. I wanted sushi. I had just decided, we're going to make that. I've done it before. Really easy. We just do vegetarian, Mm -hmm. chop up carrots and cucumbers. We usually get cream cheese. Oh, yeah. Because you can't go wrong with cream cheese. (laughs) Yes. Well, the store we were at did not have sushi wraps which was really disappointing. But I had this giant cart of groceries, but the only thing that was going to be really simple that I had planned on and had my heart set on was sushi. So then stopped on the way home at another grocery store thinking, I'm just going to run in, grab the sushi wraps, come back out, go home. It's already past our dinner time, or at least approaching as all of this is happening. And so go in. They don't have them either. That's so weird. I know. So we get home and I kind of just want to order pizza, even though I just bought hundreds of dollars worth of groceries because I'm feeling so sad about it. But then I decided, you know what? We can still do basically the same thing. So I ended up putting the rice in the bowls. I cooked some edamame, shredded carrots, chopped up cucumbers, and then did little chunks of cream cheese, poured soy sauce on it, 
And then we had that. And it was quite delicious. Yeah, that sounds really good. Easier than actually having to roll up sushi rolls. Mm -hmm. Cheaper because the seaweed is actually one of the more expensive components of making sushi at home. It was a pleasant end to a sad scenario. Yeah. You know what else you could do is get the seaweed that's like snacks. Yes. And crumble it on top of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And put it on the top. Yes, and you can get the pickled ginger to put on there, too, Oh, if you wanted to. Right. But last week, I was at a different grocery store and found the sushi wraps. So last night, we actually did have sushi. Nice. But I have to say, I think the sushi bowls might become a mainstay at our house because it was simpler to prepare Mm -hmm. and more filling with less work because you could make a giant bowl rather than having to roll a ton of different rolls. I love that idea. It was a win. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. And listeners, if you have not had a chance to leave a review for the show, we would so appreciate if you could take a minute to hop over to Apple Podcasts and do that. It really helps other people find the show and warms our hearts. And if you want to join in on the conversation, you can leave a comment on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or you can send us an email to friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. I jumped on the Instagram baked potato train. Instant pot? Instant pot? I was like, what is the Instagram (laughs) baked potato train? I was going to ask, but I was like, surely more details are coming forth. Surely. I'm not making up a new Instagram (laughs) sensation. Never know. Oh, let's start over. (laughs) And I'm Abby. Today we're going to give you... That's not it. Not that. Mm -mm. (laughs) Also the cat. Yeah.